up your frozen dinners, grab your TV tray, and settle in for another episode of The Plus Platoon, your podcast for all things Disney Plus, brought to you by Disney Plus fans. Watch along with us every week as we cover all the new, the old, the good, and the bad on Disney Plus. So put down that remote, don't touch that dial, and welcome your fabulous Plus Platoon host. Hey everyone, welcome to Season 3 of A Plus Platoon. We're a Disney Plus fan podcast that gives honest, spoiler-filled reviews of movies and shows on Disney Plus. We'll look at new releases, coming attractions, and we'll even go back into the vault to revisit some of the classic Disney that's on the platform. Make sure you're subscribed and you will never miss a moment. I'm going to bring in Kate. Kate, good to see you. Happy New Year! Or season or something like that, yeah. Happy new season! You're welcome. Next, we have got Peter. Pete, glad to have you back. Hey there. Yeah, happy to happy to be back. I was just down in Florida visiting Kate. We rode Guardians together. It was awful. Yay! I mean, boo. <laughs> and last but certainly not least, we've got Steve. Steve, glad to see you. Hello. Good to see you, Derek. Hi, Kate. Hi, Beat. Happy New Year. Steve. Hi, friend. If you have not already, please like, subscribe, share, and you will make sure you never miss anything that we're doing. So we are going to start off today with uh, this week. We are jumping right in with a diamond in the rough. It is the documentary called Frank and Ollie. Follows the uh, follows um, animators. Uh, Ollie Johnson and Frank Thomas, and it was made in 1994 when they were both already old men. They were some of the some of Disney's the original nine old men. His original animating staff, they were two of the original nine old men. So they started everywhere from they were original artists on Dwarves for Sleeping for Snow White, all the way up to they animated all the way up through um, 101 Dalmatians and Jungle Book. And you actually hear their voices in The Incredibles. The two that's old right. men, the two old men, you know, that's old school. Ain't no school like the old school. That's uh-huh. Frank Molly. Yep. That's awesome. All right. So, Pete, I'm going to start with you. Was this an artistic masterpiece or just a bunch of scribbles? So this is the first time I've seen this. I usually like these Disney animation documentaries. Um, and I did like this, but honestly, it's kind of just a bunch of scribbles. Um, I enjoyed it and it it was very interesting. It got into like some of the details of the work that they did, but it was sort of just the story of these two guys and that they've been friends since school. And then they went to work for Walt Disney and they animated a bunch of movies and they still like each other. And um you know, it's it kind of reminded me of something that maybe, you know, you would put together for your parents 50th anniversary or something. I don't know. Um, and, uh, you know, as as a fan of Disney and Disney animation, I did enjoy it. Um, but there's no there was no real depth here. No, like, deep philosophical moments or anything like that. I just I just thought it was, you know, nice little stories from their career. and. Um, it was fine. It was fine, but it wasn't like gangbusters or anything. What do you think, Steve? 
Um, I have to agree with you, Pete. This was the second time I've seen it. And um, I sort of felt, found myself sort of going to my phone and stuff. Um, I found the most interesting parts is when they were talking about like the parts where they animated, where they each animated a different part of the scene and them talking about the different styles and that. I found that fascinating. Um, also just them acting out the scenes and then them showing the scenes. You could see the personality coming in. All the yeah. other stuff was sort of fluff. Great. Even long, long life friends and stuff. Um, I really enjoyed, like I said, I really enjoyed when they really focused on the animation and then also talking about how they're two different styles and then just their personalities coming through when you see that. So I'm excited to go back and sort of watch some of those movies and pick up on that. Derek, what do you think? Um, I enjoyed it. It it's two nice little old men and their wives of many, many, many years, including Ollie's, who was an ink and paint girl when he met her. Um, just like Walt's wife was an ink and paint girl when he met her. So, um, I loved, yeah, Steve. I'm with you. I loved when they would you would show how they were acting out all the different things, especially Ollie. Ollie was the ham. Ollie was <laughs> the one who could still act out almost to a T every single, all of the characters that he did. He did Prince John. He did Mowgli. He did all, and he could still act out. He did. He remembered the Mickey Mouse cartoons that he did. Now, I don't doubt that he probably went back and looked at him and practiced that. But the fact that he could still do it when he was doing the math, he would have been 83 years old when this was made. So, um, and to me, it showed, I loved watching the rough sketches and then the final sketches because it really showed the development of their animation from initial thought to some of the finer line drawings to the actual product of one stage. That's the look at the old animation is what I loved. I also loved Remembering some of the scenes that they did that I had not thought about in years. I know Kate's going to talk about at least one of those movies, but <laughs> um, just some of those classic scenes that happened in some in the different shows that they did. They did the when the dwarves are all sad that Snow White died. They did that one. Um, they did all of Alice. Uh, I think it was Ollie did all of Alice in Alice in Wonderland. Because then they then he said, Walt said, you did such a good job on Alice. Why don't you try Wendy? And Frank said, Walt, if you do that, he's going to die. It will kill him. <laughs> he did not like doing Alice. Yeah. So, okay, then why don't you do Hook and Smee? Which, talk about for, for a ham, Hook. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, I mean, it was good. It was a little long. It, it, it took a lot long, but what the information that was presented when it wasn't just them talking about, you know, how much they liked each other, the history that was presented, I thought was fascinating. Kate, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, agreed 100%. I, I enjoyed it. Um, I make no secret of the fact that I love documentaries like this. I do agree it was a bit long. Um, I checked, I kept checking to see how much more was and there always was a lot more to go um but the things that i loved about it i loved how they were known as the oh my goodness they were known as the 
um, the emotion showers. They were the ones who, well, we were trying to write Bambi and then Bambi's mom was taking out. Oh, fell flat. Oh, fell flat. Wasn't working. Wasn't working. And then this little kid, when they were doing voice actors was like something I can't exactly. The young prince fall down. Yeah. And then it was like, oh my gosh, we need Thumper to do it. And that totally just revolutionized that scene or showing the emotion of when the little girl in um, the rescuers says the part about like, you know, that a family looked at me, but they adopted the redheaded girl. Like in that moment, I got super choked up and it was like a, what, a 30 minute, 30 second clip mm-hmm. of how they showed emotion. They showed like just the way, how can you make a dog seem like it's in love with another dog? Just all of that was so good. Uh, I loved I loved the parts from Sword in the Stone with um, the squirrels. The squirrels! Oh my god! I loved that! The squirrels! And when Archimedes starts laughing so hard at Merlin, just just so, and then, oh, and oh god. Okay, this is the last thing I'll say, because I could talk I actually could talk a lot about this, because there were a lot of parts that I really liked. I love how he would you that both of them used animations from their lives. How he was like, you know, my son would suck his thumb and rub on his ear, and that, and he used that for Prince John. Or when he said, you know, it wasn't enough for Baloo to kind of, how am I going to get the kid to do this? How am I going to get the kid to do this? He was like, no, there was a guy in the army that anytime he was thinking hard, he rubbed, he scratched his chest, he rubbed his chest. I love that. I love the stories behind that. Um, I would have taken an entire documentary just based on why we made choices, why I made this choice, why the tramp ate more than Lady did in that scene. Like, I would take an entire documentary just on that and not just the old animation, but even now. Like, I thought so things like that kept me very fascinated. But yeah, it was it was a bit long. So. Well. Now you're all saying it's a bit long, but it was only 90 minutes. I know. I know. Something can be long. In 90 long Trust, me. Yeah. Trust me. We've all, I have class periods that are 90 minutes long. That can be a bit long. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. Now, Kate, you mentioned all the great scenes and the great characters and the great movies. I'm going to start with you of the ones that were mentioned in the show. Which one was your, is your favorite scene? Or character. Uh, uh, that's so hard. That's really hard. Um, before the show, before we came on to film, I asked if sometime soon we could do Sword in the Stone because I think I would really like to go back and rewatch Sword in the Stone. Um, I love Bernard from The Rescuers. I loved The Rescuers Down Under. Y'all didn't like it. I loved. Now, wait a minute. No. I thought you all didn't like the rescuers down under. I didn't. Maybe I mean, it was you give it a three and a half. I gave it a three. Pete gave it a two and a half. So it wasn't. I mean, okay, it wasn't terrible. No, but, and no one loved it. So right, you liked so, it best for sure. Uh, yes, but I loved Bernard. Um, 
Oh, I love Thumper. I love Thumper. This is hard. This is hard. That just all of them are so good. But my top would probably be Thumper and all of the Sword in the Stone characters and Bernard from uh, Lady or from um, Brad the Rescuers and Rufus the Cat. Rufus the Cat. Oh. Oh my gosh, I can't. All right, Pete, you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say my favorite scene I think that they worked on was also in Bambi, but it was the scene on the frozen pond. Um, just a very, um, that, that movie, n- far and away, not my favorite Disney movie, but there's a lot of really beautiful wonderful stuff in that movie and that scene is 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 pretty funny and entertaining so um you know just thumper that that they pointed out when they were talking about it that like thumper was was the kid that can skate circles around everybody and you're and you're the kid that has no idea what they're doing so bambi was the kid that has no idea what they're doing and watching it that way uh i think made it even more uh, you know amusing to watch it uh so that that would be the one i would pick what about you, Steve? Um, I love the squirrel scene from Sword in the Sound. It's completely hilarious. But out of this, it was the Captain Hook and Smee, since they each did a character and them sort of interacting and having them talking about it and then seeing how it was animated and came came through on the scene. Like Captain Hook playing his panel with that one yes. hook and how that how that would sort of change certain things because he'd he'd only play a certain way. I think like you said earlier, Kate, is that backstory of why the decisions they made and the story behind it. It makes you appreciate it a lot more. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. And Derek, what would you say? What's your favorite scene? Um, Steve, I got to go with you. To me, it's Captain Hook. Just because of the, he is such a scenery chewer. He is, I mean, he is the focus of every scene that he's in. He he's not one of those characters that can drift into the background. He is front. Your eyes are drawn to him immediately, and he is front and center in every scene. And it's the emotions because you can tell. Yes, he plays some of it for slapstick, but he also plays some of it for, um, just the emotions. You can see how crafty he's being. The one they didn't really mention that. I had forgotten that they animated. Um, Ollie Johnston did Flora, Fauna, and Merryweather. So in, oh, that's right. in Sleeping Beauty. So just the way those three play off of each other is wonderful. So. That's right. That's right. I forgot about that. There was so... It's funny because when you think about all of those movies separately, Sword in the Stone, Snow White... Um, uh, the the rescuers Bambi it's all like they're very very different stories but when you go in and you think about the emotions in the sadness that they should did they do Fox and the Hound no we look up and see if they did Fox, they did not do Fox and the Hound they didn't uh okay actually uh Ollie was the uh supervising animator so he didn't actually draw it okay. but for the young Todd and the young copper Got it. See, that is the Disney movie I will not watch because it is so sad that I I like will not I will be inconsolable. But it doesn't surprise me that they had even a tiny bit of a hand in that because there's so much emotion in that movie. But what I was getting at was all of these movies are so different, very, very different storylines, very different characters. But 
when you think about it and you think about the way that they have shown sadness or fear or things, you can, in the animation, you can see the similarities. So I was just, I, that just kind of came to me while we were sitting here talking about it. Um, oh man, I bet these guys were just, I would have loved to have had a beer with these guys. Like, I bet they would have just been very funny, kind men. Okay. How about this one? They both did most, a good chunk of the animation in the Winnie the Pooh cartoons. Really? Yes. That doesn't. Uh... Blustery Day and Mini Adventures, they did, and Tigger 2. So that whole, that, all three of those sets, they did most of mainly, mainly Pooh and Piglet in those. Sure. What year were those? Uh, 68 to mid 60s to mid 70s. Man, they still hold up too. That's yeah. wild. Wild. Now, they work so these gentlemen work on everything from Mickey Mouse cartoons pre Snow White um to they had hands in Fox and the Hound, they had fans in um there's a Disney movie called Little Nemo Adventures in Slumberland. It's not good. Don't don't do it. <laughs> um, but based on so the entire gamut of or most of the gamut of the hand drawn Disney animation, what movie? And I'm not talking about the story. As far as the drawing and the and the anim, and the animations telling the story, what movie was the pinnacle of Disney animation to you, Steve? I'm going to start with you. Okay, so that was my question. Like, what are we considering? It's not the story, but the actual animation. The actual animation. <sighs> you need a pass. I have to go with, I, I to go with, I to go with Sleeping Beauty then. Because the, my, my question of, of if it was story, I'd probably go with Lion King. But in terms of animation, I'm going to go with Sleeping Beauty. Why? Because that so that totally changes the question when you're looking just the animation of just the combination of like I haven't watched that in a while, but just the combination of styles that were there and just I remember it being visually stunning, especially when Maleficent turns into the dragon and stuff. So I'm going to go with Sleeping Beauty. Um, Steve, once again, you and I are simpatico on this one. <laughs> to me, as far as visually stunning and the detail in the backgrounds and the different styles of animation. To me, it's got to be Sleeping Beauty because just vivid colors on that because you've got the reds and the purples and the blues and the fact that it was done in the 70 millimeter. They did part of it in the 70 millimeter. So the super wide screen, which if you've ever, I don't know which version is on Disney Plus, but the most recent, uh, Blu-ray version of it is does have the super widescreen take option, and it's just how much extra color that throws up is just amazing. Now, to me, so visually, that if it's the animation telling the story, you almost got to go back to Fantasia because there's no dialogue. You took mine, <laughs> Peter Pan, because of. <laughs> I mean, Kate, what do you think? <laughs> so I had a tie. Um, Sword and Stone is up there for me, even though it's been a very long time since I've seen it. 
watching the clips that they were remembering how it made me feel as a kid and noticing the animation of you have people and you have animals that have to be people and you have villains and you've got magic. I think the sword in the stone animation is holds up is very good. But as I'm sitting here thinking about it, I was like, yo, even though it's not my favorite, cause I was not a Fantasia fan except for the sorcerer's apprentice Fantasia it, it is, in my opinion, the pinnacle of mixing lots of colors, bursts of colors, but also having characters, also having inanimate objects like mushrooms, bead dancing, little like sections. And then you've got Mickey Mouse and Yen Sid and just it's so much plus then adding in the classical music behind it to beef it up. Uh, in my opinion, Fantasia checks all the boxes. I am not a Fantasia fan, but it checks all the boxes. So, Pete, what do you think? Well, you guys took my number one and my number two. <laughs> <laughs> so, while which Kate was, was talking, out of curiosity, what? Which was which? Yeah, I uh, Steve. St- I, I I was gonna say um, Sleeping, Sleeping Beauty, Beauty is. I, it's not anywhere near my favorite, but very beautifully animated um so while kate was talking i scrupulously asked my daughter in the next room who is uh learning uh in college to be an animator and i asked her what she thought the best animation was and she said 101 dalmatians another solid choice um because the complexity of the animation and having so much uh, you know, having so many characters that they had to animate at the same time and everything like that. And they actually, at, with that movie, pioneered a new technique where they actually like used like a kind of a, like a photocopy yes, yeah, process. Yeah. Xeroxing. Yeah. Um, and um, it really, if you, if you look at movies before that and movies after that, you can see the change in animation style that happened with 101 Dalmatians and move forward in that. I think the lines are the line drawings look different somehow. Um, so Pete, to me, they from 101 Dalmatians forward, it looks grainier. Yeah. I don't necessarily, I, I, I'll agree. I don't necessarily say it looks better. Right, yeah. <laughs> they, they did it in a way to make it, to make it, less expensive. Right. Um, but I think on 101 Dalmatians, it worked very well. And I thought, I think there's some great animation in that, in that movie itself. So I'm going to go with that at the suggestion of my animator daughter. I have, by the way, everyone following along at home, Pete and I, Pete's daughter and I are best friends. Just want everyone to know that. Um, so I have a follow-up question for the the group. So, when we were thinking in this question we just asked is what what is the pinnacle of Disney animation? I think all of us were thinking things that the the nine old men had their hands in, the originals, like yes. the hand-drawn animation. So I want to expand that and say, and I'm we're gonna take Pixar out of it because Pixar is a whole different breed, in my opinion. Right. But if you are looking at all of disney animation what would your top be what okay on as far as as far as the animation or as far as the well, let's do both let's do both let's do you can have two different answers 
animation and animation slash storyline. Like yeah, I was I was thinking the same way Kate was because I was I was basically going pre Little Mermaid because once you get Correct. past Little Mermaid, there's computers involved, Correct. and it becomes right. a whole different technique. Right. Um. Right. Same. So I'll give you mine. To okay. start. I I stick with my answer of technical wise and and it's what pete just said it's hard to separate the two because you have hand drawn where they're like flipping the papers which i think is just one of the coolest things ever is when they draw and then they flip the papers and then they draw and they flip the papers um so i'm gonna say stick with fantasia for hand drawn uh the the lion king is my top expand I i think the way the colors that are used in the lion king the way that you have lions it's essentially all lions and yet in the animating of scar he is more gaunt he has the scar here he has a darker feature whereas mufasa is tends to be a little bit bigger and more regal you have the differences in simba and nala the way that they animate rafiki and and the way that Rafiki shows joy when Simba is alive and just sadness and, and depth when Simba dies. The way that the hyenas, just, just the way that they animate, to me, it is, if you're going to bring in computer animation, it is computer animation perfection. And I would be very interested, Pete, to know your daughter's answer to this question if you wanted to ask her. Um, but... Uh, in my opinion, there isn't, since we are taking Pixar out of it, there isn't really anything that touches the Lion King for me. So that's me. I don't know who wants to go next. Who has an answer? I'll go. I agree with you, Kate. I would say looking at it is it's Lion King. I mean, I think that's the sort of the pinnacle of the Renaissance period. If we're talking about it, just in terms of story animation, um, getting those um, human emotions out of the animals and stuff. Um, I would say current, if we're moving into that computer animation is, is I think frozen has been their pinnacle and they haven't started to hit the next pinnacle, but it's, it's Lion King. Derek or Pete. So I'm going to, I didn't ask my daughter. I can't, if I can't offline or later, <laughs> um, but for my opinion on hand drawn, but, in the modern era, I'm actually going to say Tarzan because the things that they did with the um, I forgot the the animation software that they used to get him swinging through the trees and everything like that. Um, I think that movie has some fantastic combination of your old school character am- animation combined with motion through um, action and that kind of thing. I think that one is, is very, very impressive. And quite honestly, if I'm going to go, um, you know, 3d animation, I'm probably going to say Encanto because that movie has some really impressive animation in it. Really just, just um, the stuff they do with the, fl- the, the, character that makes the flowers and everything like that. Um, just really, really gorgeous stuff in that movie. Um, so, um, but I would, <laughs> I would probably argue that some of the best 3d animation has not necessarily come out of Disney or even Pixar. Oh, totally but agree. That, that's a whole nother story. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
if we're going Renaissance forward, I think the one that hasn't been mentioned yet, that the story's not that great, but without the animation, it would just be even more of a big hot mess. If we don't see what the genie is trying to do in Aladdin, it doesn't, yeah. all, all that stuff doesn't make any sense. You have to have him actually making the faces and doing the different actions. Otherwise, it's just he's just appealing to the parents. The kids have to see what's going on. So, so, so piggybacking off of that, there was so much similarity in the. Sorry, my cat's messing with something. There was so much similarity in they were watching. They recorded Robin Williams before they did the animation. They were watching his facial expressions. They were listening to the things he was saying. And going back to this documentary that we just watched. When they had, um, and I love how they shot this, when they had them, um, Ollie and Frank standing next to like a white wall and they had the shadows on the back. Um, and he was like, uh, oh, what did he say? Oh, hi, I'm Mickey Mouse. You know Mickey Mouse. I hope, I hope. And then that's exactly how, then they showed the the scene of it. And Pete, are you laughing at me? Pete's laughing at me. <laughs> Pete is laughing at me. It's fine. It's fine. Um, Anyway, so they had to, it's what you were saying, Derek, that, you know, they recorded Robin Williams and then they watched what his face did and then they animated it. Whether it was computer animation or drawn, they balanced it off that. Go ahead, Derek. Which was one of the first times that they did that. Because always before, a lot of times they'd have at least some of the roughed in animation already done. Think right. the beginning of Mrs. Doubtfire, where he's matching his words to the animation. This is one of the first ones where it was completely <coughs> okay, Pete. You got to say that. You got to say because we're all laughing in the background. <laughs> yeah. Go on, Pete. Go on. You need to say it out loud. That's pretty funny. Well, I asked my daughter best modern animation, and uh, she went with Bluey. Be Louie. I have heard so many good things about Bluey. I need to just turn it on and watch it. She, she did show me this one episode it. and she's been watching it, which like, I mean, I get that it's like more entertaining than just for kids, but sorry, it is a kid's show. But like this one episode where the character is, is like, it, it, it's all taking place in kind of like a dream world and they're like floating between planets and everything like that. And it really is pretty beautiful. But, okay. I, now, I, I, would I wouldn't also, agree with that. <laughs> I would also argue, though, that yes, some of the Renaissance stuff is great, but if you compare the animation in The Lion King to the animation in Peter Pan, as far as the animation telling the story, to me, there's no contest. Peter Pan's the better animation. You think? Yes. Wait, b- between Peter Pan and what? Lion King. Oh. As far as yeah. the, the animation itself, I think Lion King's is better because I mean, Peter Pan's better. Lion King's is very plain. Lion King characters don't have a ton of detail on their bodies. I wonder what Lion King would look like now if they did it now. Well, we've seen that. Yeah, they, yeah, they did that. <laughs> they did? Yeah. yeah. With, yeah. with motion and the animals and all that uh, CGI patheticness. Oh, are you, wait, hold on. Are you talking about the live action one? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. no, I'm not talking no. about that. I mean, if they just they, solely They animated. call it live action. That was animated. It was oh, all, it was all there was no live action in that movie. No, I never watched it because I don't. don't really watch the live action movies. Don't. Have no, there's no need to. Yeah. 
So although I might watch The Little Mermaid, the new Little Mermaid, but it hasn't come out yet, right? No, it has not. I think it's this no. summer. Yeah, I might watch that one, uh, but well, I you'll won't. probably have to watch that one for this. But. For this yeah, eventually. Yeah. So overall, okay. Disney animation. And then you take like a whole other step out of it, and you've got stuff like um Nightmare Before Christmas. But that's stop animation. That's totally different. Totally different. Yes. That's a totally different like claymation Christmas. Did y'all ever watch Claymation Christmas? Yes. So yeah. good. If we're going to go out, if we're going to go way off on target, (laughs) Kubo and the two strings is amazing. animation. Oh, I've never seen that. It's it's that's Ard man. I think that did Kubo and the two strings, but it's, it's stop motion, but Holy cow. It's it just where stop motion has gone over the years. That, that movie is just gorgeous. Okay, so, so not Disney though. <laughs> I was just, Kate's got a drink. Steve's got a drink. I've got a drink. Pete, are you drinking? Because yeah, I am not totally He's off the rails. Water because he has a head. <laughs> so, as we always do, okay, and we're going to go back to Frank and Ollie now. Okay, okay. The documentary. Okay? okay, as we always do, we do a set of rating of cups of pixie dust out of five. Kate, you are up. Yeah, so I'm going to give it a three. And the only reason it's that low is because it was really long. And I know it was only 90 minutes, but it felt really long. They could have easily put all of this into a 60 minute documentary, I think. Because, yeah, um, I, I thought, but again, I would love to see a documentary that's only about like, here's the reason why we did what we did. As a choreographer, as a creator, that's what I want to know. Like there's a, there's some videos online of the choreography of Hamilton and the choreographer goes in and says why he did this choreography the way he did it. And it's freaking brilliant. So I'm going to give it a three only because it would be a four only because it did drag a little bit. Pete, what about you? Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, but it's, it's definitely for people that are hard core Disney animation geeks, which I think all the people in this show are. Um, So I'm going to give it a two and a half. Wow. Wow. Okay. You gave it a three. That's not that different. No, I know. Maybe I should move it up to a three and a half. No, I'm going to keep it a three. Keep going. Um, I'm giving it a three. Similar to what Kate said, I felt some of it was sort of disjointed. And if they had stayed focused on the animation and why they made those choices, it would be higher. Um, I'm giving it a solid three. Derek. Um, guys, I'm giving it a four. Um, oh. and the only reason it's not a four and a half or a five is it's too long. I think this is information that I'm so glad got preserved because none of the nine, none of the nine old men are still around. And none of the main generation of Disney animators, or very few of them, are still around. Um, I I just think I, it could have been told in somehow in a more interesting okay, way than I'd rather have the, told, had it been told like Howard. <sighs> See, I like I guess I liked Howard a little better because there was a, there were there was some narration to it. This this was not really a story. It was here's some anecdotes about some guys that used to work for Disney Animation and. It, it was more like to me, as I said, it was like home movies. 
Yeah, but to me, this is also if you are a hardcore Disney geek, this needs to be on your must watch list. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll agree totally with that. Yes. But I guess I'm I guess I'm rating this for like the average viewer as well. If you are not someone that's really into the behind the scenes of animation, but my wife loved not it. sit through this. My wife loved sitting. Through. My wife, we watched about the first forty five minutes before it got to be bedtime, and then we went back and finished it. So, and she is while she is a big Disney fan. She is not the hardcore Disney geek that we are on here. Yeah, so. I don't know. I, I fell asleep while watching it, so I can't really. Okay. I don't, I don't but plane, Pete, I so. agree with. I agree with you. I like Howard more than I like this one. I, I can't remember what I gave Howard, but I, in terms of documentaries, Howard kept me more interested in, than this one. Well, and it shows over the, over the, like, the Pete, Pete, you and Steve both gave Howard a four. Mm-hmm. Okay. What did I give Howard? Did I like Howard? You gave Howard a three. You gave Howard a three. Oh well. And I liked this much, much more than Howard. I gave Um, Howard a two. And that's all fine because we can argue. That's that's good. I did forget to mention this earlier, but I had no idea that Walt's love of trains came from one of these guys. Between him and Ward Kimball. Between yeah. the two of them, Owen Johnson got and Ward Kimball are the two that got the train bug for it. Him into the train bug. Was Ward Kimball one of the nine yes. old men? Yes. Okay. And I'm gonna I'm gonna make a comparison to this movie to another one that we all watched, and I think we can all agree it was better, which is The Boys. Yeah. That it was not only did the boys have the interesting stuff about the behind the scenes of the songs. But you also had this story that was the conflict between these two men that they ended up, you know, kind of having a falling out and then like how the families kind of um, uh, mended the relationship between the between the cousins, I guess it would be. Um, I think that having that story there, I'm not, you know, again, it's it's not terrible, but th- that these guys didn't have conflict through the entire lives. But it doesn't doesn't make for a great narrative film when, when the story is here's a couple guys that liked each other forever and they still like each other. Right. <laughs> okay. Okay. Right, so we are at that time of the newscast. It is our show where it Kate. We are ready for the Disney Plus news. What have we got going on? It's Disney Plus news. Yeah. So first up in the Disney Plus news, Phineas and Ferb are returning for all new episodes that have been ordered to premiere directly on Disney Plus. In the 104 days of summer vacation. See, I never really got into Phineas and Ferb, but Phineas and Ferb was a little bit after my time of, of watching a lot of hardcore Disney animation. Anyway. Um, and next up, the Mandalorian season three trailer was released this past Monday. The season premieres March first. Will we be watching that? Do I yeah. need to catch that? Yes, we will. We will be watching. So, Kate, you've got about a month and a half to catch up on two seasons of Mandalorian. That's hilarious. Okay. <laughs> next that's up, happen. The Proud Family, louder and prouder, is getting a season two on Disney Plus. This is a continuation of the original series that was on Disney Channel. And, Kate, and if I remember were- correctly. I was not a fan. And you were the only one that was a fan of the original and you were not and a fan. I loved the original and I was not a fan. So I we may may or may not be watching this one. It's fine. Not no. And last but certainly not least, you two will be featured in a documentary to promote their upcoming album release, the special hosted by David Letterman. 
will come to Disney Plus on St. Patty's Day. Mm. And that's it for the Disney Plus news. Is that ironic or non-ironic? Uh, non-ironic, them being an Irish band. Yes. yes. So. Oh, uh, I didn't know they were Irish. I thought they were British. No, they're Irish. So that's why it's coming out on St. Patrick's Day. That's so. like a few days after my birthday. Cool. Welcome, everyone. I know everyone wanted to know that. Send send gifts care of Plus Platoon. Send, <laughs> send gift cards or cash money orders to Plus yep. Platoon at gmail.com. Or help, pay for, or help pay for my honeymoon. That's really, that's that's the, that's the one. Okay. Guys, thank you so much for being part of us. Next week, in preparation for Wakanda Forever, we are going to be watching the original Black Panther. And that, and okay, the Marvel Black Panther, because there's other couple other Mar- Black Panther movies out there that have nothing to do with Wakanda. So um, these are not the Black Panther. This is not the same Black Panthers that Forrest Gump interacted with around Vietnam. So, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we will be watching Black Panther next week. Uh, in two weeks, we will be doing uh, a series catch up of. Some of us have been watching some of the series that have been out over the past, oh, three, four months, five months that we just haven't had time to get to. Things like High School Musical and Willow and Santa Clauses. And and if you have watched that, if if our cast members have watched that, they'll be talking about them. So, oh, and before I forget, Pete... You and I need to do a very, very, very quick review of Strange World in one word. No, <laughs> don't watch. It. Uh, I think I think what I posted on the uh, on the group chat after I watched it was Strange World. Oof. Yeah, <laughs> I'll stick with that. It is. I like it. it is a bad Moana ripoff. Because the plot is basically Moana. It's uh, I didn't I didn't even think of that, but it kind of is, huh? Yeah, yeah, it is. The plant, you know, plants. Now I want to watch it. Plants are dying. They have to go on a journey to save them, and then there's family involved of a long lost father that was alienated from his kids, and it's just terrible. And that's too bad because some of the characters, like the first legitimately gay character in a Disney show, all they did, his only defining characteristic was that he was gay. There was no well, character development uh, there. See, I would, I mean, there wasn't, well, there wasn't really any character development, but anything, but I, like, they didn't make a big deal of the, that he was gay. So I thought right, that yeah. was good. Um, yes. But I, he didn't I th- have anything else going on either. Well, then, but nobody did. Well, no one did. Yeah. No that was did. the, that was the problem is there were, there were no characters you cared about. And they were, so they were on this adventure. And if you can't, <clears throat> oh, I don't know if I should say this. Um, so I was thinking about it because this it's an adventure movie. And when I think of great adventure movies, I always go to Raiders of the Lost Ark and how effective Raiders of the Lost Ark is in those first five minutes of that. That adventure at the beginning is, yeah, it's there is like it's a serial or whatever, but it's there to get you rooting for indie. That's why that that's why those first five minutes are there. And everything about that is to get you behind Indy that he solves these traps and then he loses and then he escapes and everything like that is about getting the sympathy for that character. And this movie does none of that. It gets there's no characters you get any sympathy for. So so that's just things happening and you just don't care. 
Um, I mean, I'm just using that as an example because it's an adventure film, but, but really any of these type of movies, you have to have at least a character that you grab onto. And I don't feel like they succeeded that with any no. of the characters. Um, and uh, so I think that was the, that was the fatal flaw of this movie. Yeah. So uh, it does have beautiful animation, but it does, but that's the case where visuals are not enough to carry the story. It is not. No. So, okay, guys, thank you again so much for being with us. We are on every, we will have new shows coming out every Thursday and we will see everyone next week. Bye guys. Bye. Yeah. watching this week's episode of the plus platoon be sure to subscribe to the plus platoon podcast to keep getting great content each week then head over to apple podcast and leave those five star reviews as they help make the plus platoon visible to even more disney plus fans also go to youtube and like and subscribe to the plus platoon channel where you can watch all future episodes live if you have a question for the Plus Platoon, please send us an email to plusplatoon at gmail.com or connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Plus Platoon. The Plus Platoon is a Disney Plus fan podcast and is not affiliated with the Walt Disney Company or the Disney Plus streaming service. All opinions expressed on the show are solely those of the individual hosts and in no way reflect the views of the Walt Disney Company. Thanks for watching and be sure to stay tuned for next week's episode because the Plus Platoon is to be continued. Continued.